Sky Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good morning, man. Man, good morning to you. How are you doing today? You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we're yeah, out I'm here doing, in sun, good. sunshiny LA. It's just not that, I never, I told you when we made it to Los Angeles, like, I never in a million years thought I would come to Los Angeles for the first time, never been here, and intentionally not bring my sunglasses. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is, I feel like we're in Scotland. Like what's what's wild is I find this to be very good pipe smoking weather, and yet at the same time we are in a city that is not exactly known for being a pipe smoking friendly, like a friendly pipe uh, yeah, smoking city. Right. And like, well, it depends on what you got in your pipe. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> here's the thing. It is ironic because since like we we you know we've been all around the country like this last past year, yeah. this, you know the in, in 2022 we you know New Orleans and Houston and. Miami and Vegas and no matter like we went to all these different places yeah and taking the the pipe show elements of Vegas out of it like every single place we've been like you know we, we kind of put it like hey we're going here it's like okay great have fun all that kind of good stuff LA is the first place where we have actually had a lot of listeners write in and be like oh you need to check out this place oh yeah. you need to check out that place you know like all this stuff and then like some people are like why are y'all going to LA there's nothing out in LA they're gonna kick you off for being pipe smokers <laughs> yeah but I gotta tell y'all there are pipe smokers in LA and they are enthusiastic probably yeah. because they, they they have to know all the spots yeah you know no, that's I mean? right and they stick together man. that's right stick, that's right stick together that's so, it no it's, it's pretty cool it's really neat we uh, this is my first time to Los Angeles Bo's been here before I don't but, think I knew that um, I've never been I, I have been to California a few times but never to Never to LA. Yeah. And of course, when we think of LA in the South, we think of either Louisiana, which is state abbreviation is LA. Right. Or <laughs> so many people. <laughs> Sorry, so or, many people thought we were going to Louisiana. Or we think of lower Alabama, right. which is what people from Alabama make. That's how they make fun of people in, in South Alabama. Oh. They, they call that lower Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought that's what people in South Alabama called Pensacola. There's probably some <laughs> of that too. But I mean, like, you know, if, you, if you're from like Foley or right. Daphne or Mobile, like you're from LA. That's that's lower <laughs> Alabama. Um, so we're here in uh, Los Angeles, and it uh, it you know it really is a beautiful city. I've never seen so many palm trees in my, my life, goodness, including yeah, in Miami. Yeah, it uh, it is very. It's it's been a historic rainy season. They've had a lot of floods here locally. Yeah, no, we should. Um, yeah, we should that, comment. It actually that. has been on the news a While lot. Of, um, a lot of severe damage with this unique weather situation that's come through, and so we were a little uncertain that this would work out. It, it has worked out perfectly. And yes. the folks here in LA have been very kind and everything's been great. But uh, as we're sitting in this place, I, I'm right outside the window here. We can see downtown, but then there's also this Cecil hotel, Oh yeah, which is right this. like four blocks away, if not even that. And like, I just watched a documentary, I think on Netflix about the Cecil hotel and like how many murders happen there. <laughs> like I think... Like, I want to say, like, on the rooftop of that hotel where yeah. you can kind of see that there's one of the water towers over there. Like, I think they found, like, a dead body. Is that where, like, they hold people over the edge except this time they actually drop them? I I think so. Wow. I just don't want it to be us while we're here. Well, so. that's see, that's great. See, but that, but that, that building is right over there. there. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. We're in this building. And we're in this building. Right. I think and we'll be okay. separate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, my goodness. Now, you told me that this morning. That was freaky. <laughs> kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, may we find ourselves in Los Angeles and me and Bo and I getting together for one uh, one final recording retreat. That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a yeah. blast and uh, we'll continue to be. And of course, you know, we got to make mention of the fact that one of the reasons why we've been able to make this show for as long as we have and while we're able to bring it on home over the next couple of weeks is because of yeah. the support of our amazing patrons. Man, we've got some new club members to give a shout out to this week. We've got joining at the Pilgrim level, we've got friend Kois car dealer no one ever named their kid frank Coys. our our, our cartier he's a he's a he's a cartier he, he he's a it's frank 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 Coys? That, that is, is francois cartier that is frank Coys, sir that is <laughs> that is frank Coys cartier i think there's some french people just rolling in their grave. i'm french my name is Bo, and it's spelled b-e-a-u i Did, feel like i that, should <laughs> you're a redneck with a with a french name that's true <laughs> That is true. I have so little French blood. It's crazy. Uh, and then also, man, joining up. You're this- as French as a charcuterie boy. But- <laughs> That's a throwback to last week. I love it. I know, it. right? Uh, man, we got uh, Squires uh, at the joining at the Squire level as well. We've got uh, Jesse Lekwowski. Jesse Lekwowski. Yeah, Lekwowski. Luka- Le- yeah, Lekwowski. Luke- or- could you imagine if it was like Lekwowski? Yeah. And instead of like, Luke, I'm your father, it's Lekwowski, I'm your father. Did, like, did Jesse's dad say that to them? I, I don't know. I mean, I you know. That was a terrible Vader, by the I'm way. I'm just thinking of like Star Wars and yeah. uh, like a Polish Star Wars now. That's kind of what I'm, that's, that's kind of what I've <laughs> Polish got Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. People on Poland, get on that. Let's uh, let's see what you got. I think it's probably very high quality. <laughs> the gauntlet yeah. has been dropped. Yeah. Man, we are. Uh, thank you, of course, to uh, Jesse and to Frank Francois. Uh, <laughs> say it again. It's Francois. It is Francois. Okay, <laughs> Francois and Jesse. Thank you, uncultured all. swine. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both. Oh, man. Look, we thank you all so much for your support of the show. If you'd like to help support us, help bring us on home, we want you all to head over to patreon.com slash Radio. Join the Pipe Club now. Thank you, of course, uh, to those who do. And, man, before we jump into our topic, we got a great one. We got to make mention, of course, you know, we're we're enjoying this awesome courting retreat here in L.A., but all of this, man, it's all building up to episode 500, which is going to be live in Jackson, Mississippi, March 4th, okay? Live March 4th in Jackson, Mississippi, a pipe pilgrimage like you will not want to miss. I'm so excited. We want all of you who are are willing and able to make your plans, make your travel plans, come down to Jackson, Mississippi. Join us at the Country Squire. You can find your tickets and all the information. It's available at the Country Squire online.com. You can also find the banner at uh, countrysquireradio.com. But make your travel plans. This is the pipe pilgrimage to end all pipe pilgrimages. We're going to have the barbecue pipe tobacco pairing. <laughs> We're going to have live music. We're going to record the podcast live. We're going to have AMAs with all of y'all uh, that are able to attend uh, answering your questions right there. Literally AMAs. Y'all can ask us anything. I didn't say oh, answer hilarious. anything, but we're gonna have, y'all can ask us anything. So it's that's fun. right. I, please, please go to our website, thecountrysquireonline.com, and uh, and check that out. Or you can go to countrysquireradio.com as well. What we will do, we're going to have more information on the timeline of how that day is going to unfold. Uh, we kind of have a, 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 it's not firmed up yet, but just that whole day, March 4th, which is a Saturday, we want you in Jackson. We want you there to help celebrate 10 years and, and, a, and a great run with us. And, and obviously that you've been a part of it and, and we'd love to thank you in person. So please sign up for those tickets because we kind of need to know how many people are going to come and want to know how to, you know, that's going to involve how much barbecue to order and you know other things that are seating and do we get the um, hot air balloon and the fireworks or do we just need to get the fireworks or just the fireworks and do the fireworks need to be like sprinkler those sparklers you how know many I mean? panda bears like do we rent you know like i, I just 
I don't know. I mean, I, I you know there is that place in like South Jan- or South uh, South uh, Mississippi where that little zoo. You know the zoo, like oh, the Collins Zoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. The feds finally shut that down. Oh, did they really? Yeah, because uh, of the three-legged goat or uh, uh, zebras with manes. So and we stuff. can't. So we're probably not going to be able to get the pandas. We can't. Y'all. Right. We can't rent the three-legged zebras with manes. We can't. Anymore. We can't guarantee them. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> We can guarantee a good time. But I can tell you the hurricane might be there. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you make your plans. March 4th. March 4th. Join Please, us. Yeah, check that banner out at thecountrysquireonline.com. We'll have more information there. We hope to see you there. All right. Man, we've got a really special episode. This is one that has been top of mind for... Goodness, like the last several months, honestly. It's a pipe nerd episode. It is very much a pipe nerd episode. <laughs> and I love it. It's, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, the over the years, we've examined the pipe yeah. from every single angle. Every single angle, every single orifice of the pipe has been covered <laughs> by Country Squire Radio. <laughs> you know, all of the different practices, but even just the, the artistry of the pipe itself, as yeah. well as the ingenuity and the innovation that goes on. One of the things that you have heard me say on this podcast a lot of times is that while pipe smoking doesn't, you know, seem or like it would lend itself to this for the common person, people who are deep into the pipe world know that the pipe and the pipe industry is one that is filled with innovation. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things that we see over and over again, some of the most bizarre changes and like weird little things that people will try and some of the things that really stand out and either last a lifetime or define an era of pipedom. Yeah. We have discussed this on our own a couple of different times, and we've mentioned it on the podcast, but today, as we sit here in 2023, it seems as though, especially this last past year, there has been a lot of very interesting things going on in STEM work, which is kind of odd to some extent, because when you think of the pipe, you think of the briar, you think of the bowl, you think of like, that's the area in which so many people focus visually on, because when you see somebody walking down the street, you see them smoking a pipe, it's the first thing you see, it's the way in which you identify what type of pipe it is and everything else, but the stem work has been like this area of exploration of the last like year Ah, or so, and it's been incredible. The other half of the pipe. Yeah. (laughs) What is the state of modern stems, John David? It is. A wonderful thing to talk about because, you know, stem work is, it, it has traditionally been seen as the other half of the pipe. That's that. Um, <laughs> the other white meat. <laughs> you know, the, the other white meat, right? Oh, pork. Ah. <laughs> Stems, you know, nowadays really give the artisan carver particularly and some manufacturers the chance to, the chance to shine, the chance to differentiate themselves or say, okay, well, this is yet another bent billiard or straight Dublin, but look at the stem. (laughs) And, uh, and so, and, you know, we've, we've uh, seen that over and over, you know, the, the stem historically for a pipe has mostly been an afterthought, right? We think about the pipe and it's the most, we've talked about it being the most intimate part of the pipe to us. And you know what? It's probably, it seems obvious when we're talking about the stem, what that means, but just for like the new pipe smoker who may not be familiar, how would you define the stem? Well, if we're talking about the stem, it's the typically removable piece of the pipe that it comes out of the wooden piece. If your pipe is made of wood, hopefully it is, unless it's Meerschaum or corncob. And so the stem is the part of that that inserts into a physical connection there and then goes into your mouth. And so there are long stems, like a churchwarden style stem or a, you know, a longer billiard or something like a bing. You have the shorter stems, something like a Canadian that has more of a little, a little nubby stem or a lavat. 
you know, but the the stem is that it's that part made of some other material typically that is is different from the material of the pipe itself, the stummel that we'll call, you know, that that briar bowl or that corncob bowl or that meerschaum bowl. That's gonna be one piece, and then you've got the stem, that other piece that fits in there and then fits into your mouth. Intimate yet historically abused, John and, David. And abuse abused is right. Yes. Yeah. No, abused is right and 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 neglected. Yeah. It too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but back in like olden times, if you went into a pub and they had a bunch of clay pipes, which is of course another material right. that you might find a pipe made of, right. you would actually break the stem off after you used it. To have to have a fresh stem. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd wake you'd walk up to the tavern pipe and uh pull it down and to make sure you didn't get plague from the last person that walked <laughs> into the pub. Yeah, we're so much more advanced you know? now in twenty twenty yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, back to the subject here. Yeah. So you so you break the stem off and and then put it in your pipe or put it in your mouth. Of course, that was you know one of the one of the ways to to do that. And so you know it has it has been abused. It has been neglected and gnawed on. And John David chewed on. on and and uh and and just defiled in various ways. But my stems in particular have been like absolutely like I don't even share pictures of my pipes like, anymore. They all look like moldy cheese. No, or they don't look like oh, I, one. One of them <laughs> looks two. Two of them look like moldy cheese. The other one looked like they've been gnawed. On. <laughs> I know. Down. Well, and you know, and of course, we're talking in that case about stems of pipes that have been used for a long period of sure, time, yeah, or just, exactly. just neglected after <sighs> after purchase. But, but then you know, you think about these historic pipe makers that you know are, are synonymous with luxury and quality, and of course, we immediately think of Dunhill. Um, you know, some of those legacy old brands. They've never really paid a lot of attention to their stems. Mm. I mean, we're talking about you know some of the most venerated pipes in the world that you know have never never really paid a lot of attention to stem work. You know, I mean, Dunhill makes fine stems. Don't get me wrong, and Ashton and other some of those other English carvers, Northern Briars, and they do fine stem work. But you're not you're not buying a a, a Dunhill pipe because it's got the most sophisticated stem. That that you for that matter, you're probably not buying it because it's got the most sophisticated briar either Mm -hmm. you're buying it for other reasons and that's fine and we've talked about that to some degree but but you know a lot of pipe makers just never really focused on on stem work quality stems how does this part that interacts with with you and with you know your your smoking sensation become higher quality to match the quality of that of that wooden piece that's so exquisite and so you know I, i think looking back on the history of of the pipe Particularly over the past 150, 120 years, 125 years, you know, what we, we, we saw a lot of the same until really the P-lip and then right after that, the double comfort stem. The, these are two innovations in kind of the, the pipe stem evolution, you know, where you've got, okay, Peterson's like, okay, well, you know, we're not really trying to make a nicer stem, but what we're trying to do is make the stem more comfortable so that it helps with tongue bite. So they do this uh, P-lip stem so that it redirects the smoke to the roof of your mouth. Um, and the P stands for polarizing. And the P, right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and so we've talked about the P-Lip stem before, uh, has its detractors, has, has the people that obviously, uh, you know, love it and, and rave about it. And then uh, a little later we had Sheraton introduce the, uh, the double comfort stem, this concept of a stem that has a double step down and, and basically gets thinner and then thinner yet. 
And that that thinness, that thinness really, in my opinion, was the first to really introduce people to what it's like to what, you know, of course, I'm the Sheraton fanboy, right? Like, I love Sheraton <laughs> pipes. I'll be probably buried with one. I, you know, everyone knows that. But like, I lo- lo- love Sheraton pipes. But how do we make people appreciate that that high quality, you know, thin stem that really, really fits your teeth just right and focuses the mm. experience on the smoke. And and Sheraton did that. They really did that starting in the 60s and maybe even the late 50s. That probably was the late 50s uh, when they started the uh, double comfort stem. But so you think about the first kind of volleys into making the stem more interesting and more practical and more useful and uh, and, and, and also just a a reason why you might buy a pipe, right? I mean, you know, if you're looking at a, you know, if you're in 1930, you know, New York, and you're looking at a bunch of pipes, the stem of different pipes, you know, might not be the reason you're going to pick one pipe over another. Right. But all of a sudden it becomes that. It becomes like, oh, I favor this stem over this other pipe, even though this pipe might look more handsome or fit my hand better or whatever it is. Not the first decision, but perhaps the deciding factor. But it's certainly in yeah. the, the yeah, algorithm, you yeah. know, that goes into it. So, so we saw this kind of started to shift and then really... Really, this took off with the Danish masters. So when, you know, we had the, all the people that we think of as being the most, you know, exquisite, time honored, you know, Danish masters in all the pipe carving, they really started to focus on these stems with these extravagant freehand designs and how the stems really relate to the wood and then also the person's smoking habits. And then this obviously has trickled down into our modern American carving scene, international carving scene, and then has somehow infected even the production carving. You know, there are pipe manufacturers that are out there as they've gotten more, they've been forced to get more serious about stems as we've seen the artisans become serious about stems. And and I, I really appreciate that. So now the stem, because of its importance on the pipe, you know, everyone's got a bulldog everyone's got a you know poker everyone's got a canadian or whatever shape it is but you know you can only make so many you know brown sandblast canadians that you know stand out from each other with their own way how do you make them that stand out that much more and 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 you know from an aesthetic standpoint not just a a comfort standpoint but the stem is your opportunity for that so the evolution of Ebonite and, and vulcanite is really fascinating here. And I feel like we need to talk about it. I was about, about to it. say, better, better visually define that. It's the it's the it's the material that we're using for a lot of this stuff. So you, you cheaper cheaper pipes, a lot of them will use a plastic and and some people prefer acrylic, you know, and that's still obviously very popular. We think of all the Italian makers that very high-end premium pipes, you know, you're gonna find Costellos with these gorgeous acrylic stems, you know, and, and they tend to be a little thicker. The nice nice thing about the acrylic stems is that they don't discolor, you know, and they, they don't necessarily show teeth chatter quite as much. And so always a plus um, for some of us. Well, for, <laughs> right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, that you're not going to see a, a older Costello whose stem looks like, you know, moldy Swiss cheese. It's just not going to happen. But with a, a lot of ebonite stems, you will, you will see that. So as they started experimenting with these different color combinations, of course, we always think of, of traditional stems as just a black, either vulcanite, ebonite, or acrylic simple piece. But, you know, the first 
few kind of experiments with this color variety, right? Putting a little brown in the mix of the ebonite yeah. to make that brindle, what we call the... Oh, yeah, that's a good look. You know, that yeah, good, good look. That's a we, good look. It, Dunhill uh, referred to it as their Cumberland finish. And since then, folks have kind of taken that. And so now we just kind of think of or a lot of people think of any anyway that uh, that brown and black stem we just you know a lot of folks refer to that as a cumberland stem mm-hmm. which is just very beautiful or a brindled stem something that's got these little brown striations that go through the black that add a really nice contrast there and so that was ah, kind of the first the kind of the kind of the first first volley into into the different stem colors that that came there since then we've seen folks experiment with grays and and reds and and other things but now the world is your oyster. If you're a, you know, a, a pipe maker and you want to get, you know, make a pipe that has a stem that is pink with green lining going through it or whatever it is, like that, that's out there for you. Yeah. And there's a buyer for that. There's the, someone that really wants that. Yeah. The acrylics, it's, it, it, so I remember when, I, when we were starting out, even like the early days of this podcast, I was very much a vulcanite, ebonite type of guy. Like I, yeah. I, I it, it was standard and you know, I was like, you're already making a statement with the pipe. Let me stick with standard. I'm right. good. Like there was just something right. a little too intimidating because of all these different colors and everything else. And you, you're kind of like a little scared of that. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want to do with this. Like, you know, some of these colors look a little psychedelic. What am I trying to imply that I'm smoking here? You know what I mean? <laughs> but then as I've gone on, aside from like the obvious benefits that you've already mentioned in terms of like, you know, your bite marks aren't as bitey <laughs> right? and it doesn't discolor like, like the ebonite and the vulcanite do. Like the acrylics have really been my go-to and I have found some of the most gorgeous pipes, yeah. especially at that higher end level are the ones that really know how to incorporate those colors in such a, just a, a beautiful and handsome way. You know That's what I mean? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it, acrylic in particular, you know, the, you've got, there's a lot of experimentation that can happen with all these materials, right. you know, but you think about all the places acrylic is used and, and, and ebonite too. And we think about, you know, things like high end pins, like writing pins mm-hmm. in uh, rings, like, you know, jewelry, you know, you use ebonite in the making of musical instruments like clarinets, any kind of luxury product that has a handle. So like shaving accessories or something, yeah. a lot of uh, acrylic or ebonite, you know, it handles on things like this. We've got even knives, you know, like pocket knives will have these adornments or handles that are made of this kind of stuff. Your glasses? Um, my glasses. This is our, you know, <laughs> Those acrylic? Talk about acrylic. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, things as, as useful as like a, a cane, a, a fine uh, walking stick yeah. or an umbrella, you know, and, and then even things as maybe pastoral maybe i don't know the right word but <laughs> as a as a duck call you know these are made with a lot of things like that made with ebonite a lot of the stem materials that we've used that we use nowadays are used in these other kind of luxury products these interesting products that folks also want to make a statement with you know if you look at the modern clarinet the best ones are either made out of, I guess, I think wood or ebonite, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. It's like, well, we're using the same kind of material. How can we kind of harness that in energy to make all these things look different and interesting and modern, but still have the quality that you expect? And so, you know, and that, that's where a lot of those colors have really come in. If you look at how they've experimented with, you'll see a lot of, if you're into fountain pens, which most of our listeners are probably not, you know, you'll see these crazy fountain pen designs and it's like man you'll pay $1,500 for some fountain pen which is just insane like I have not paid $1,500 for a fountain pen I can assure you that I've got kids (laughs) 
and a mortgage. In case your wife is listening. But, okay, no, no, right, that, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we probably have some listeners that have paid, you know, right. fifteen hundred dollars for a fountain pen. You know, but they're made out of this exquisite how they've taken the the molds to basically make these crazy acrylics and, and ebonites. Uh, and so we're, you know, we're benefiting from that in the pipe community in that those same materials are used to make the stem work of our most modern pipe. And so that's what's so fun about it. You know, we've got, you know, folks like Savinelli and Peterson and, you know, the like have, and Chacombe, they've seen the experimentation that these artisan carvers have done with this crazy material, with all these funky colors and, you know, designs and shapes and everything. Mm -hmm. And they've applied that back to their factory pipes. I mean, can you imagine saying 10 years ago that, you know, Peterson made an orange stemmed acrylic pipe like that? Like, <laughs> right. would, would you ever imagine that? And Not yet they all. have. Yeah. And like, and every year Savinelli is coming out with some beautiful new Lucite that's got this really interesting, you know, design work to it. I think of some of the most popular over the past couple of years, the regimental with that deep burgundy look to it, or the Oceano with the blue and white striations having this very uh, vibrant color there. They've come out with camouflage colored stint, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. And, and so that's really, really neat. And as these things have become available, carvers have gotten really particular about which ones they want to work with. I actually was working or chatting earlier this week, oddly enough, uh, with Scotty Purcell, one of the most you know well-known American pipe carvers. Scotty's uh, great, and you know, of course, one of the few uh, female pipe carvers in the in the market, and uh, has been doing what she does for a long time. Does a great job. But Scotty was saying, you know, she really prefers you know some certain ebonites over others because of their workability how they mm. how they react when they're on the lathe how they react when you're sanding them all these things are very particular to the pipe maker and so they pay a lot of attention to that um and, and the gold standard nowadays for certainly for scotty and also for for a lot of other pipe makers across the world is sem ebonite and so sem ebonite this is a brand of ebonite that's produced in hamburg germany and they actually you know have this kind of i guess it's like a proprietary recipe for their own ebonite material and then they turn around and sell it to people all over the world to make some of these luxury products that we talked about earlier yeah. so you know there's sem ebonite and you know jewelry and musical instruments and you know all the all these crazy things sunglasses and everything you know but one of those things happens to be a smoking pipe and so you know they use the, the sem really has kind of set the standard as far as that because you know their quality is very consistent and it also is very workable without leaving a little room for error. It's a it's a forgiving material composed compared right, to some yeah. others. And so, you know, you'll have some other ebonites that maybe when they were formed in the mold, they were, you know, not quite as uniform or as you're sanding it, parts of it might become splotchy or hollowed out. And with, with SEM, you just don't have that. And so most of the premier pipe makers in the world now will, will rely on SEM ebonite for their stem needs. And that's, you know, and so, and, and so you've seen that kind of, you know, raising of the bar of that material. And then, you know, now it's bleeding over into the production, you know, your Savinelli's, your Peterson's and, and some of your others. And, and now, and, and then also some of, some of the best pipe makers in the world 
yeah, they make beautiful pipes and their briar is exquisite and all this other stuff, but like they've kind of become known for their stem work. Yeah. Like people have stood out because of their stem work. That's been the know? big game changer. Right I, there. I think of Michael yeah. Parks in Canada, uh, our own listener, Nate Rose, who's a good friend of the show. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jeremiah Mirka, who is, you know, bullfrog pipes and in, uh, in Australia. These are folks that have kind of they've kind of set themselves out there as like, okay, these are stem guys. Like they make gorgeous pipes, but like they're stem. I've got a bullfrog pipe from Jeremiah. He was a good friend of mine. And, uh, what was he? Well, I never really understood anything he said, but, uh, man, he had some mighty fine wine. Uh, Um, (laughs) Hey, Turkey. Anyway, so I've got a pipe from him that was actually gifted to me from a, a group of listeners, when my son was born mm, and yeah. um, that I don't, you know, he, whatever he did to that stem, I don't know what kind of deal he made with the devil <laughs> to, to do that stem, but I, I've never, that, that stem and shank connect. That is an S curve. That is an entire <laughs> S curve and it runs a cleaner. Yeah. Like glass. Wow. I mean, it's, I, I, I just don't, like the the amount of care that people like him and uh, Michael, Nate, you know, these guys that put into that. And see that like the, the peak of like physics at its finest or some sort of like physical like breaking, <laughs> like no, it breaks all the rules of physics. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to open it up because maybe Schrodinger's cat will be in there or something. <laughs> right, but, right. you know, th- there's even people that uh, like uh, George Debose, uh, mm. who is a is a specifically a, a pipe repair person but mm. he is known as being you know one of the best pipe repair people in the world and if you have a let's say you have this exquisite pipe that you know is a Sixton Iverson pipe or whatever and it's you know and but it doesn't have a stem or the stem's broken on it or whatever if you're gonna the one person in the world you're gonna trust to make the stem for that pipe is George Debose oh. that that is the only person that like, you will trust him yeah. to make the stem it'd be like It'd be like you have a Rolls Royce and the the front, you know, grill fell off the Rolls Royce and it's like you've got to find just the right person to make that part for it. Who are right. you going to trust with that piece right. that that defines the quality of a Rolls Royce? You're going to go to that person. That person for pipe stems is George Debose. And so it's just it, it's interesting to me to see how folks in their own minds have or, or in their own you know, way have made the STEM a part of their, a part of their real, um, you know, pedigree. So, but, uh, modern STEM making, it's come, um, it, it is, it is the most intimate part of the pipe. Yes. It's, it can be the area where folks are allowed the most creativity with a pipe. And obviously we see more and more fun colors come around and I'm for it. I think it's fun. I think it's awesome, man. Like, you know, it is, it's a space for great innovation, a lot of beauty to be seen in the pipe. And, you know, when I think about beauty seen in pipes, I think about our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. And I'll tell you, this is appropriate because Missouri Meerschaum is known for making some extremely quality corn cob pipes, right? They've got like some of the best ones out there. They have the best ones out there. And they're, they're, they're really amazing in the ways in which they reimagine a lot of, you know, new shapes, new designs, but also bring back some of their favorites. Yeah. A lot of folks, I would, I would argue that if you know who Missouri Meerschaum is, you are familiar with the Cobbett series. Okay. Now, of course, the Shire from the Cobbett series, the corn cob pipe, the Shire is a favorite here. And you can, if you close your eyes, if you've seen this pipe around, you've imagined it for quite some time. Sometimes they sell out of them. It's a very popular pipe. It's a very popular series. Close your eyes because like, just pretend like you haven't seen it for a while, right? Now you've seen it. 
Okay, you got that nice that acorn style, you know, a little sharp right. edge to it and everything. That's right. You got the uh, got the long kind of like church warden with a slight bent at the end and everything. Traditionally, a vulcanite stem. That's All right. right. Close your eyes. It comes back to you now at the turn of the tide. It's the Shire Hobbit corncob pipe, the white now because they have got <laughs> I love this. <laughs> they have got a beautiful smoky white, kind of gray smoky white. It's beautiful. Acrylic stem to go with Almost this. like mother of pearl, but a little darker. So cool. Yeah. Completely reimagines what, like even though the, the pipe shape itself is exactly the same, the same quality smoke that you've come to know and love. It's, it, it is got an entirely new look to it with this acrylic stem. And that's exactly what we're talking about. This kind of level of innovation, adding splashes of color. We've seen this from Misery Mirsham all over the place. You know, I'm hoping at some point they bring back the Tiberius please I want a Tiberius bring back the Tiberius <laughs> it's a cool pipe man I missed I missed the boat on that and I am regretting it so hard it's so a cool pipe please bring that one back because talk about a, a beautiful acrylic stems that you could find with those in particular was really really awesome Missouri Mearsham's always doing some incredible stuff and hey if you have got an awesome Missouri Mearsham pipe with some beautiful stem work be sure to enjoy it this week take a picture of yourself doing so uh, tweet it out put it on the social Instagrams and whatnot it's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham know we appreciate them for Sponsoring this show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker engineering your success as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week coming in from Charlie from Japan. He says, hey, Bo and John David, found you guys a few months back and I can't stop listening. Uh, I'm so sorry about that, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> what kind of condition do you have, Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> Is that I'm finding every episode a breath of fresh air in my otherwise dull life here in Japan. I have a question regarding uh, cellaring tobacco in warmer climates such as Japan. I put my tobaccos in glass mason jars, but unfortunately, as my air conditioning is not running all the time, every square inch of my house becomes really warm, even my dark cupboards out of the way. 
Will this affect the aging process of the tobacco? And is there anything I can do about it? I uh, hope you guys are having a great week. And again, this comes from Charlie from Japan. Yeah, Charlie, that, great question. And by the way, a boring life in Japan. I can't even That's imagine a- <laughs> such a thing. But um, I'd love to visit Japan yeah. one day. I, my grandmother went all over the world when she was alive. And, and her favorite country was Japan. I'd love, love to see it. That's but, awesome. You know, my grandmother yeah. also traveled the world too. She loved Egypt was her, her go-to. But, something yeah. I, you know, they, I, for were whatever that generation, you know, they just were really, uh, her and my grandfather made a little money and they were like, let's go see some places, you know, That's and awesome. they, they did, she loved Japan, but apparently the people were always very kind. But anyway, all that to say, yeah, you need to smoke your tobacco faster. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> because cellaring, cellaring is going to be very difficult for you. I wish there was something to tell you, you know, tobacco is a, we seller it because as pipe people, we love to collect things and we love things to accumulate. But if we're, if, if putting it in a, I mean, that's, that's why people, the, the, the word seller, right. It, it denotes, you know, something typically under a house or mm, underground mm. in a cooler environment. You think of a cool cellar where, you know, folks have food or, you know, is salt pork or wine or whatever they have stored, you know, protected down there. And so that's the idea. The, the problem, if you're living, you know, in a, in a tight apartment or some condition where it just is just going to get hot, uh, you, you really, you know, unless you have like some type of little ice box to put it next to you, which you don't need to do that either. You know, certainly don't put it in your freezer or something, I guess is what I'm saying. But this tobacco is going to degrade quicker. And so now I want you to keep in mind, I want you to keep in mind tobacco, number one, is meant to be smoked and not collected. And number two is... Oh, I feel like you just rustled some jimmies. Well, I I probably did. (laughs) I probably did. (laughs) Some people felt that one in their cellars. (laughs) I probably did. I probably did. I... Yeah, I mean that's fair. I, I'm what I'm saying is like heat is also heat is also part of the experience of making tobacco what it is. Right. To make some of your favorite tobaccos that you consume and then turn around and sell her, it has gone through heat to get it there. Right. This hot press, you know, stuff is a real Thing, fermentation and steaming and all the all the tricks that tobacco manufacturers do to make pipe tobacco have that you know exquisite taste that, that it has a lot of that involves heat and so you know stoving toasting steaming you know all the all the hot pressing and fermentation you know the sweating of the leaves itself after it's been harvested you know mcclellan used to do that they used to be so mike and mary would talk about you know taking those leaves and letting them sit down in that south carolina heat for just two or three years just to sweat right. you know and so that's not that was a that's a desirable thing what it does though is it's going to change the characteristic of your tobacco and so you can keep the tobacco you can continue to smoke it and do the best you can putting it in the darkest corner of your apartment (laughs) but at the end of the day it's going to change characteristics right and that's not necessarily i guess what i'm trying to say is that that's not necessarily a bad thing okay but expect it. You yeah, know? You're yeah, just yeah. Not, you, just, you have to count for it. The idea with cellaring, a lot of times people think they're just going to freeze the state of their tobacco for all time. You know, I'm going to freeze the quality and the condition of my tobacco. Uh, it's it's going to be like stuck in, you know, whatever Han Solo was stuck in when Carbonite. Boba Fett pushed him over in that thing, you know, it's like carbonite. carbonite. I don't know why. One. I don't know why that right. like I physically was hurt when you didn't know what carbonite was. Yeah, wait, but, but, but I knew 
knew the reference. No, you knew the reference. You knew the reference. So like, you know, like a lot of a lot of times we think of cellaring that way, but cellaring is an ongoing, aging, changing process. Uh It's literally (laughs) affecting the chemistry of the tobacco, and so you're in an environment, you know, unfortunately or or fortunately, I guess that. um, Well, if you like the humidity, well, it's it's just gonna you're gonna see more of that. You're gonna see a, a a greater change and a quicker change and. And that's okay. And and so just know that as you're consuming your tobacco over time, that the aging process is going to be different than it would be if you lived in, I don't know, Nebraska and had a climate controlled you know environment to put it in or whatever. So don't despair. Just enjoy your tobacco and and smoke through it. And and with each and every puff, you know maybe appreciate like man, the heat really did something to this that it wouldn't have done to to other tobaccos. But it will it will change it, and and that'll be a part of your tobacco's uh, experience. When it comes to aging and storing. There are best practices, but there's not universal practices because everybody lives in such different environments. That's and everybody the problem, has such you know. Things. We talk yeah. about folks like I mean, we've talked those uh, some of our original episodes, you know, about you know folks in Vermont, you know, have trouble with their pipes burning out because they you know they go outside to smoke it and the wind's blowing so hot or so hard <laughs> right. over the top of the pipe that the side blows out of it. Right. You know, it's just like how do you you know we're in these different environments. How do you mitigate some of that yeah. and there's no no one size fits all answer yeah that's a great question thank you so much for sending that in man you know it's funny you mentioned the carbonite thing you know when i when I, I left twitter like two years ago yeah and so my my handle back then was the real bow york and i changed it to carbo night <laughs> oh. spelled with the b-e-a-u of course oh that's fantastic and because i was like i was kind of putting on a cold storage carbonite right oh and, a cold i got it yeah i see and so and so what i ended up doing is that's when I, I i didn't go back to twitter but when i started my instagram as opposed to being the real bo york i went with incognite bo so <laughs> i have always i've always thought that that was really a cute thing like clever I, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty clever yeah. but i've never mentioned that on air because i thought maybe that <laughs> Instagram account was kind of like a, like just a hidden thing. You gotta, you like, gotta kind of know about it. To ma- find yeah, it. exactly. But yeah. now since you mentioned it first <laughs> on Country Squire Radio, I just want everyone to know that you can follow Bo on uh-huh. Instagram now at Incognito Bo. Yeah. So, so it's kind of what I have always thought was pretty clever. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I, 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 I've got. I mean, there's a way to find it out, but you have to kind of go through some hoops to find that out. Right. You know what I mean? And right. now one of those hoops is are now, now is this, listening to Country Squire Radio to this specific episode. Right. At this specific <laughs> but anyway, uh, a great question again, Charlie. We appreciate that so much. Hope things are going well for you out in Japan. And thank you so much for listening, man. Quick fire with, with the, the squire. squire. Quick fire questions. Ow. All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Pastor Joda. Pastor Joda, by the way, hooked us up. He said that he heard. He's a quick fire question king. He really is, and he he heard our like please, <laughs> like like, <laughs> and I don't mean please as in please do this, but like please as in like cries for help. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And uh, he came through. He gave us so many of them, and we'll be kind of uh, those will be peppered throughout these uh, next uh, several weeks. It's good. All right. This is bookstore edition from Pastor Joda. Okay. You're, All right. Shiny and new books are old and musty books. I'll go with the old and musty books. That's but, so interesting. I thought you'd go the other way around. But I really enjoy a lot of the newer shiny books nowadays. You know, I used to only read old musty books, but now I want, now sometimes I want something that's just eye catching and, you know, flashy and I don't know, got some aliens in it or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. My wife uh, just recently, she, she's, she's very anti book jacket. 
Yeah. And, and as am I, but she, she recently went and she like, we, we've been doing a bunch of, as the, the new year, you rethink you, the rooms in your house and everything. Yeah, and interior decorating or yeah. organization or whatever it is. Well, and I'm about to inherit my, my grandfather's old desk, and that's yeah. about to go in my office. And so in order to make way for it, I have to move this bookshelf, which is now going into our bedroom, but it doesn't need all these like you know business books on them and everything. So now those books are in the living, you know, all this kind of stuff. All that. And so with that, she she pulled off all the uh, the book jackets and everything. And it's, it's funny because over the years, we were just actually just talking about this. I've had the privilege to work with so many people who have become published and celebrated authors. And so I have all of these gifted books That's cool. from folks, like these first edition books from the authors. And it's like, you know, when she took, took away the book jacket for some of those, I was like, ah, <laughs> but in general, for most of the books that I like to read, I don't mind it being used and I don't mind it being brand new, but by the time I'm done with it, it's going to be nasty. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that generally I'm, I'm, you know, this is widely known. I'm dyslexic. It takes me, it takes a lot for me to sit down and read a book. And typically that a lot is me sitting in the, sitting in the sand on some shore with a fishing pole that is cast out into right. the, into the waves. Right. And while I'm sitting there waiting to catch something, that's when I'm reading. So my hands are nasty. I'm out in the wilderness and everything else. My pirate book collection, you know, I've got a small collection of pirate books. Those look rancid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are yeah. very well loved. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes, because it takes me so many, so long to read a book. There's several trips that these books have to endure, endure over time and everything. So I don't mind getting a new book, but it's not going to stay new. And <laughs> I definitely don't mind getting an old book because it's going to be in that condition basically by the time I'm done with that. <laughs> so. well, that's like a old, that's like an, I mean, a state pipe or new pipe. And you're saying like, well, you know, a new pipe's great, but once well, I get done with it, it's going to, I like to kind of still keep my pipe. I mean, I, all right, I'll get called out by some people who have seen the state <laughs> of my pipes, but <laughs> stems notwithstanding. We did talk about the Swiss cheese. We did talk about that Swiss cheese stem, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next on paperback or hardback. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say paperback because I can fold it and bend it Mm -hmm. and squish it and all this other stuff and hardback. If, if I'm actually reading it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hardbacks are so good looking on the shelf and you know, all that stuff. And it's easier to write on them when, if you're taking notes inside of them or underlining things, but I don't know, I go, I go with paperback. I, I, it's a toss up for me. I used to be very much paperback, but I have found, especially, you know, given the circumstances I just said, where I, I do read typically in the outdoors yeah. in kind of rough conditions, a hardback does help protect the book a little bit more. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the, hard, the cover itself looks like, you know, it's all, you know, messed up, but the, right. the pages stay pretty good. So I'd, I'd say probably actually hardback. Uh, Cat in the Hat or Green Eggs and Ham? Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah, it's the same. Have you ever had it? No. I have. It's, it's delicious. Ebook or physical book? That sounds disgusting. Okay, so most books physical book but nowadays when i read a lot for mm-hmm. relaxation it is on a kindle that's know? interesting it really it really is and i do I, a lot of times i'll read in bed which i know is terrible for you they say yeah but i'll read my kindle in bed as i'm going to sleep and i i read i read it a lot interesting I okay read a lot yeah I, I i i went through a kindle phase but no i'm, I'm a physical book these days yep yeah and then finally heavily illustrated or pop-up book what's the last time john david <laughs> that you read a pop-up, pop-up book, book? Yeah. maybe when i was four what well, no, you've got kids well, now i've got yeah. kids i guess they yeah i yeah i mean i guess my kids have one or two pop-up books yeah i i, I go with heavily illustrated the pop-up books are cute but then you eventually you break them yeah. and they don't work right and they don't they're, that, it's they an close, accident way to happen yeah really. you know you just it, it's it, i don't know yeah heavily illustrated all the way <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Great questions, Pastor Joda. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, we, the quick fire questions in particular, you know, we'll, we'll uh, have time to talk about this as, uh, as the weeks go on, but it's been such a fun addition to this series <laughs> to like yeah. give an excuse to like get to know us from all these different angles. And man, when I think about how people have discovered <laughs> our tastes and interests through this, it's been great, <laughs> which I'm sure have changed over the years. But anyway, well, there you go, man. And uh, thank you so much for Pastor Joda for, uh, for these quick fire questions. Your Your thoughts, thoughts, your your comments, comments. listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, man. Uh, Our our brand new patron, uh, Francois Cartier. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's getting a shout out at the beginning of the show and he's getting some listener feedback at the same time. Poor Francois. Francois. (laughs) Bless his heart. He says, hello, I can't believe it took me this long to find the show. Uh, you guys are great. Well, thank you so much, Francis. Francois. Thank you so much, Francois. We appreciate you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> also, Randy Westbrook wrote in. What did Randy have to say? And dear friend of the show, Randy Westbrook, uh, absolutely loved the Getting Started for $1,000 episode. Uh, wasn't sure when I read the title, but it was great. <laughs> uh, I had to think about my collection. Uh, glad I bought my first Meerschaum pipe at the Squire when I was there last February. Uh, one of my favorite pipes. Great episode. That's from Randy. Um, again, dear friend of the show. And yeah, I, I'm glad you glad you enjoyed that. We, we've give, given some thoughts into some of those. Um, you're giving a lot of thought into some of those unique episodes like that. So um, yeah, good, man. I'm glad. Absolutely. Well, uh, Randy, thank you for that. I gave John David such a hard time. He said thousand dollars. I'm telling you, man. There's people that you know they want to get they want to get kicked off. No, and, and do it and do it right. That was great. No, this is fun. <laughs> that was a fun episode to be sure. Let's say if you're you say you're Jeff Bezos and you want to start smoking a pipe, it's like, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> All the Jeff Bezos is out there listening to Country Squire. Lost there, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, y'all, thank y'all so much for uh, this. And uh, like we said before, if you've got listener feedback to the show, we want to encourage y'all to send that in before March 4th, so it can be part of the uh, the episode 500 uh, finale recording of, of the series. We'd love to have your thoughts in. And uh, yeah, it's just been so great to uh, to enjoy this from week to week with all of y'all. We also want to encourage y'all to head over to countrysquireradio.com. That's got all the information for the event and where you can go to find all of our contact information and more. All right. Well, John David, we we, we did, we we got all, we got all stemmed up. Oh, the- I'm, all, I'm all stemmed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man! You know when I think about when I when I think about where this idea for this show was where it stemmed from, I got nothing. You know, let's let's quit while we're behind. (laughs) Let's go have a day. See you, brother. Our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.